Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright. You're about to hear Success Profiles Radio. I just want to take a moment before the show to share with you our new sponsor. I've been working with BestRadioTravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to my loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the upcoming show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rates. Now let's start the show. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello, and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I just want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Recently, I've been rereading a book by Joel Osteen called I Declare. 31 Promises to Speak Over Your Life. Uh, it came out a few years ago, and basically it reads like a 31-day devotional of promises to claim for your life. So you can read it every month if you want to. The first one reads like this. I declare God's incredible blessings over my life. I will see an explosion of sudden widespread increase. I will experience the surpassing greatness of God's favor. It will elevate me to a level higher than I ever dreamed of. Explosive blessings are coming my way. This is my declaration. I love this because it means you don't always have to remain where you are. Many of us have had a tough time with finances or perhaps with relationships or maybe even health. But what this says is that you can continue doing what you need to do to prepare for your moment of readiness. Then at the right moment, you will experience an explosive blessing far beyond what you could ever imagine. Events and circumstances will suddenly align themselves for your favor. And it will happen at a moment where you might least expect it. And that's really, really exciting. Speaking affirmations and declarations can create positive energy, and when you do expect good things, then good things tend to happen. Think about what you want to come true in your life, and then speak that declaration to yourself as often as possible. I can't wait for you to experience an explosive blessing in your life. With all this in mind, I want to introduce my very special guest. And before I forget, you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free. My guest this week is Joe Schmidt. Let me tell you about him. Joe Schmidt is an award-winning broadcaster, community leader, and keynote speaker. He's won 18 Emmy Awards and a National Headliner Award. Joe is a longtime youth mentor committed to advocating for a number of community organizations. He's a past president and board member of Big Brothers and Big Sisters of the Greater Twin Cities. He's helped raise over $3 billion for the organization through the Joe Schmidt Celebrity Golf Tournament, which had a 16-year run. In 2000, he was the winner of the Jim Kelly Distinguished Service Award for Big Brothers and Big Sisters, and 2001, a winner of the Odyssey Award for Commitment to Youth Mentorship. Joe and his wife, Laura, chaired a $4 million campaign for Veep, which is the largest food shelf in Minnesota. He's the author of the book Silent Impact, Stories of Influence Through Purpose, Persistence, and Passion. And his newest book is called The Impact Blueprint, A Step-by-Step -Step Journey to a Life of Significance. And that was released last year. We're going to talk about so much today. So here we are with my very special guest, Joe Schmidt. Joe, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I couldn't be doing any better, Brian. Thank you for having me on the show. 
Oh, you're so very welcome. So you are a sportscaster for a TV station in Minneapolis-St. Paul. I grew up in northern Iowa, so I am a lifelong Twins and Vikings fan. I'm happy to have you here. (laughs) (laughs) We could talk sports the entire hour if you wanted to. Yeah, I've been at KSCP TV, the uh, ABC affiliate in Minneapolis-St. Paul, since 1985. So I've done the TV thing for a really long time. And uh, along the way, I, I started learning and uh, teaching and writing about people who make an impact. And that's, uh, that's kind of where the books came from, and that's kind of where my, my passion and my secondary kind of career have uh, launched to. Absolutely. So have you have a lifelong interest in sports? Were you an athlete in high school? Yes, I was a pretty bad athlete. I, uh, matter of fact, I made Little League history. I was the first player to ever be traded. But uh, that, that's how, that tells you how bad an athlete I was. But, but somewhere along the line, somebody said, you know something, Schmidt, with your love of sports and your big mouth, you ought to be a sportscaster. And from that day forward, in my mind, I thought, that's what I want to do. I set my sights on it, and luckily, that's what I've done. That's wonderful. How did you get interested in doing television? Well, um, I, I guess it was kind of after that person, and I don't even remember who it was, told me I ought to be a sportscaster. I used to watch every sports cast in the world. I, I grew up near Green Bay, Wisconsin, a small town called Seymour. And I could time out the television station sports cast because they all came on at just a little bit different times. So I'd go from Channel 2 to Channel 5 to Channel 11. So I'd try to catch everybody's sports. And without realizing it, being a sports fan, I also became a fan of the media and the people who were doing the sports. And uh, a real long story short, my favorite sports guy was a guy by the name of John Campbell, who I grew up watching in uh, Green Bay. Uh, later on in my career, when I first started my career, I worked for John when he was in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So I ended up working for a guy who I watched and admired my entire childhood. Wow. My uncle was a band teacher at one of the high schools in Cedar Rapids. So KCRG is a very popular station there. Yeah, and he would know John Campbell because John is uh, is definitely a legend in that market. He's, he taught me more. He was a mentor. He had an impact on my career. You know, one of the things I, I do when I talk about people who make an impact and try to teach people to be more aware and intentional with their impact is I said, look at your life. If you could build your own monument, your own Mount Rushmore of influence to the foremost influential people in your life, who would you put up there and why would they be there? And, and to make it a little, little more difficult, don't put your parents up there. Well, John Campbell's on my Mount Rushmore of influence because not only watching him as I grew up, but then I got to work with him and I learned all about being a professional in the business just by watching him and, and learning through osmosis. Wow, that is fantastic. And so your career has evolved into speaking and you do keynotes. Did you ever envision that you might someday be doing what you're doing right now? No, not at all. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm still doing the sports casting and, um, I've been able to carve out enough time, you know, to build a speaking business. But what really happened here, Brian, was, you know, for years when you're on TV, you get asked to speak at athletic banquets and Lions clubs and rotaries. And I used to go out there. I used to give the old win one for the Gipper speech or I'd talk about inside the locker room, things that I thought people wanted to hear. And along the line, I started telling stories about people that I've met who were tremendous leaders, who made tremendous impact by the small things they did. And all of a sudden, people kept saying, I love those stories. You ought to write a book. You ought to do this. 
And and uh, I just kind of listened to what people were saying, and I was smart enough to realize that those were the stories people were resonating with, and I just took it from there. Isn't it interesting that sometimes our mission in life gets revealed to us through circumstances rather than us pursuing and chasing it? Yeah, this kind of fell into my lap. And, um, and, and the other thing that I figured out, Brian, is if you can match your passion with something you do, you know, and it ends up being, I mean, that's where you really get fulfillment. I think too many times, especially young kids, they go to college and they think, well, my dad told me I should get in marketing, so I get in marketing. And then five years later, they're in marketing and they're miserable with their job. You know, somewhere along the line, you know, I have a friend of mine, Tom Weninger, has written a book called uh, your, Finding Your DNA, Your Divine Natural Attribute. So when you find that attribute that you have that really is what you're passionate about and you're able to do it, that's when you really can have true success. That's when you can have fulfillment, and that's when you can make an impact. Yeah, absolutely. So was your family supportive of this entire journey all the way through? Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting because at first I didn't really know if I was 100% behind it because we all have that thing in our back of our minds that's called doubt and um, yeah. and fear and you know, all of a sudden I started thinking, you know, is someone really going to pay me, you know, to stand in front of 300 business leaders or salespeople or emerging leaders and and have them tell my story, try to teach them what I've learned, and, and I was able to walk away from there without them laughing at me. And, yeah. uh, and eventually what happens is, you know, you get you get that confidence through repetition. You get that confidence through not only your successes, but also your, your failures and, uh, yeah. you know, how you adjust along the way. I think the key yeah. to anything is just being nimble. You know, you don't have to be the first guy to adapt or try something new, but you better yeah. be nimble and be a quick adapter. Absolutely. We've got a couple minutes to our first break. So, Joe, I would love to ask you, what is your big why? What is my big why? That's a good question. I, I, I think my big why is is that I realize that I have a great story to tell, and um, and by doing it, I not only help other people, but it's good for my soul. And uh, oh. and I think that kind of ends up being my why. Absolutely. And, uh, and the other thing, quite frankly, is is um, I get bored kind of easily. So you know, mm. I don't really have a hobby. I don't garden. I, I golf a ball once every two, three weeks, kind of thing. And this has become my hobby because it's what I talked about before. I'm, I'm so passionate about it, and I like the entrepreneurial side of it, and I like the impact side of it, and I like working with meeting planners so we can kind of carve out and design something that is really going to be special for their event. You know, so Absolutely. people leave that conference saying that's the best conference we've ever gone to. That's the kind of stuff that gets me going. Absolutely. We've got a minute to the break or so. What is your big aha moment that you've experienced so far? My big aha moment Oh, boy, that is a really good question. Um, I think I think one of my big aha moments was was uh, dumping uh, dumping a joke that I had been using for years because it always worked um, when I realized it didn't work anymore. And uh, it was a joke that was had nothing to do with uh, had had something to do with that an athlete that I interviewed and he said something funny. And I never say who the athlete is, but some people started to think that I was making fun of somebody who might be a person of color. Now, I never even said if it was a person of color or not, but I decided that I had to dump it. And when I dumped it, it was a real aha moment for me because I was giving up something that I knew I had worked for a long, long time. 
and that I had to I had to give it up in order to grow, and I did. Yeah. And uh, and so that was kind of an aha moment that you have to be willing to look at yourself and be critical of yourself and dump something that you really know works and that you like. But, uh, Absolutely. but I did it and, it, and it was almost, it was really kind of a, you know, it was good for the soul. It was kind of a revelation kind of thing, I think. Okay. Wow, I didn't, I didn't need this. Great. And we are at our break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright, Success Profiles Radio, and I just want to let you know something. Togenet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Brian, that's B-R-I-A-N, to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through Toginet Radio. We've negotiated special rates just for you at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to www.BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Sign up and enjoy the discounts right now. Once again, that is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brienkwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brienkwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Joe Schmidt. And he's a sportscaster and an author and a speaker. And if you've ever wondered about writing a book and how to market and leverage that book for greater advantage in your business, I am doing a free virtual event this week on Wednesday and Thursday, January 29th and 30th. It's called Authorpreneur Live. So you can go to authorpreneurlive.com and register for free. And it's two full days of awesomeness. We're going to talk about publishing and writing book proposals and press releases and creating coaching programs and getting speaking gigs and uh, getting public relations and PR so you can promote your book when it's done. A lot of great things. So if you've ever aspired to write a book or if you have a book that didn't go anywhere, you might want to jump in. Authorpreneurlive.com. Register for free this Wednesday and Thursday, the 29th and 30th of January. So Joe, I would love to ask, I mean, you are a speaker. What was your first year in business like? Well, it was interesting because um, I had gone to a boot camp and uh, came out of there with 10 things that I wanted to do to start my business. And because I was 
known in the Twin Cities area. There was a speaker's bureau in the area that, that I called, and they wanted me right away. I started getting booked kind of before I was ready. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so all of a sudden, which is, which is okay, because sometimes, uh, sometimes it's better to get hired and then figure it out rather than try to figure it out before you get hired. And right. uh, so that's kind of really what happened. And then what I did is uh, I'm smart enough to hire smart people. I, I hired a speech coach. I hired a content coach. I hired people who would be around me to make me better at what I do. I hired some people to help me do some research on impact so we could go, you know, and talk to Fortune 500 companies or we could talk to any kind of national or state associations. So, so the first, it was like drinking through the fire hose at first. And the biggest thing I had to learn, Brian, was when to say no, because what happens is the speaking industry is very interesting. I belong to the National Speakers Association, which is great. And you've got a lot of speakers out there who try to help you out. But a lot of people will tell you this is the way you've got to do it. You know, you need a newsletter. You need a vlog. You need a blog. You need to do this. You need to do FaceTime. You need to buy. So you have all these people giving you all this information that you have to do. And the mistake I made is I tried to do it all right away. And uh, what I've learned through the process is you've got to make the business you want that fits what you want, what your goals are, what your lifestyle is, what the end game is. And, um, and that was the best thing I learned is, is how to say no and how to look somebody who's giving you their best advice and say, I, thank you. I think that's great. I don't know if it's going to work for me or not, but I really appreciate the advice. You know, Fantastic. I love that. What would you say has been your worst entrepreneurial moment? Because we all go through ups and downs and sometimes things happen that don't go the way we want. What was that moment for you? Well, I think uh, I think the moment for me was when when I first started, I had people telling me what I should speak on, so I started speaking on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was more sports related than it was impact related, and um, and I knew that wasn't really where I wanted to go, uh, but for whatever reason, I felt I had to go there because I had these people telling me so. So at some point, when I hired a speech coach, I hired a, a firm down in Dallas. And I was working with this woman by the name of Linnell Teague, and she told me, she said, she's, I, I told her right out, I said, what I talk about is people who have this impact. It's like a silent impact. And she says to me, what did you just say? And I told her, I said, it's like a silent impact. She goes, that's the name of your keynote. That's the name of your first book. And that's really what happened, because what we learned through our research from people who make this impact is that we make our biggest impressions when we're not trying to be impressive. And that's yeah. the silent impact that we have on each other. And it's real, it's powerful, it's profound, it's contagious. And it's the kind of thing where uh, I think people who figure it out uh, tend to be more successful. They tend to be higher productive people. They tend to help build cultures of organizations better. All those things that happen just by, by kind of living this way. Okay, fantastic. I love that. So now that you've brought up silent impact, let's talk about that book, it's called Silent Impact, Stories of Influence Through Purpose, Persistence, and Passion. What led you to write this? Well, what led me to write it was a bunch of people, people telling me I had to write a book. You know, when you have about 100 people over a course of a couple of months telling you, you ought to write a book, you ought to write a book, at some point the light bulb falls on and says, yes. I had to write a book. Now, when you sit down and you know this as an author, when you sit down and you start thinking about writing a book, that's a pretty monumental task. Because, yeah. you know, I can remember writing 30-page papers in college and, you know, losing sleep for a week over it, you know. So, and I'm used to on TV, I write, you know, two-minute stories and 30-second little vignettes. You know, that's what I write. All of a sudden, writing a full book seemed 
pretty big. But what I what I said, I'm, I know I'm good at, and the friend told me, use what you got to get what you want. Well, what I'm good at is I'm a reporter, so I'm good at finding smart people to ask smart questions to. Yeah. And, um, and, and I went and I looked. I knew a lot of people. I went and I looked through every book that I had that was either a business book, a self-help book, anything like that, and tried to figure out what I liked. Well, I found my editor by doing that, and she happened to be from Minnesota. And we had a meeting together, and when I told her I was intimidated, she said, okay, here's what I want you to do. You're going to go back, and, and she kind of figured out I was a pleaser. So she said, uh, I want the Joe Mauler story by the end of the week, and I'd write it and send it to her. She'd edit it and send it back. Okay, I want that story about your dad. I want that uh, by Thursday. So I'd write that and send it to her. The next thing I knew by doing this, she kept me on task. And instead yes. of looking at a mountain, I was I was climbing the mountain, you know, one hill at a time, a couple of steps at a time. And before we knew it, we had a book. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we had some holes to fill and we had some research to do. But that's how it happened. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, several years ago, I interviewed Jeffrey Gittimer. And you probably know who he is, being in the National Speakers Association. And uh, he was my 100th guest. And I asked him what led him to write his first book. He says, I never intended to. I just started a blog about all the stupid things salespeople did. And by the time I had 100, 100 entries, I realized I had a book. So sometimes creating content and repurposing the stuff you already know is your book. And so I love how you did that, too. I love how your editor kept you on task like that because that it really is you know, a, a situation where you just take a little bit at a time and just keep moving forward. It's awesome. So it sounds like the writing process turned out to be a lot easier for you than you thought it was going to be because you had that assistance. Yes, it, it really was. It was much easier because um, I was taking it one step at a time. I, I wasn't climbing the mountain all in one day. And, and I didn't worry about how is this going to all fit together? Mm -hmm. Because Absolutely. she kept telling me, we will fit it together when it's done. And, and that's really what we did. And I can remember we had post-it notes with all these stories and vignettes and all these different things we had. And we sat in a restaurant one day and took over the whole table by putting and placing where things went. And, and that was really easy then to visually see where we needed a little bit more information or this was a little bit unclear or did this really mix with that. And, um, and the next thing you know, we had a, we had a book that, has done very well. It's uh, it sold about twenty five thousand copies, and um, wow. and I, I I sell a lot of them when I speak. That's that's usually how I sell my books. I've done I've got a website and I've got Amazon and Kindle and all those kinds of things. But um, but that that's I think a fairly successful book nowadays. You know, you, you're the days of writing a Tuesdays with Maury are over. <laughs> yeah, unless you get really lucky. Yeah. Exactly. So you mentioned silent impact, and that is the title of your first book. What is your definition of silent impact? It goes kind of back to my tagline that we make our biggest impressions when we're not trying to be impressive. And I love it's, that. And what we, it's what we do. It's how we act. It's how we react. It's what our attitude is. It's what our body language is. And it's just having that as a part of your DNA. You know, you never know when the person sitting next to you is going through something heavy and they just need a pat on the back. Sometimes, sometimes when you're working with somebody, they need a little kick in the rear. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's all these little things that you add up together. But I, I, I believe this. I believe it's all about acknowledgement. Everybody needs to feel valued. And I think too many times, especially in an office situation, in a work situation, people get so called doggone busy today that they don't acknowledge other people to let them know they're valued. 
They don't reward progress. They wait until the very end to say good job. They don't yeah. acknowledge that everybody has some junk. You know, there, there's a reason that maybe that person isn't isn't as productive today. Or maybe you find yeah. out they had to put the family dog down. I mean, it's making mm. the connections, making deeper connections that will help you become this person of impact. Yeah, I love that. So where does influence come from? Where does influence come from? I think yeah. influence comes from caring. That's, I think it's that simple. That, yeah. I think it's that simple. And letting people know you care. And, Absolutely. Um, um, you know, there's, there's different ways to influence. There's good influence and there's bad influence. Um, you know, I, I often tell people when they're filling out their Mount Rushmore of influence, I said, you know, you don't only have to put good people on there. You could put bad people, too. Because I've had people come up to me and say, I've had people come up to me and say, yeah, I put someone really negative. I had a terrible boss once, and I put them on there mm. because I said, if I'm ever a boss, I'm not going to act like that person again. So I said, yeah. that's all right. They can be on your Mount Rushmore of influence, but they, it doesn't necessarily have to be positive. Absolutely. We've got just over two minutes to our next break. So let's talk about purpose, persistence, and passion. Where, where do you think purpose comes from for you? And how do you tell people about finding purpose? Well, purpose is aligning your actions with your values, you know. Mm, yes. And and it, it has to do with character. It's, you know, what do you do when nobody's looking, you know. And I think once you kind of find your purpose, I think people struggle with their sense of purpose a little bit. And um, and I think once they take an inventory and, and really feel, figure out, you know, their why, I think it's a lot easier to figure out your purpose. But, but I, I do believe it all goes back to aligning your actions with your values. And that when I when I teach, I when I normally my keynotes, I'll break down into these three sections: purpose, persistence, and passion. And I'll tell stories about someone that say they align their actions with their values, and because of that, it had impact. And then what I do is I go back, use my reporting skills. For example, I I tell a story about Joe Mauer of the Minnesota Twins. When, mm. when he was in high school, he was the best athlete the state of Minnesota has ever seen. Well, Joe would walk a high school kid in, in his high school to the lunchroom every day and have him sit down at his table. He was a blind student. And anyway, so what I did is 19 years later, I found this student, and I found six guys who sat around that table every day, and then they started telling me the stories. And basically all these stories were silent impact. What this one kind, kind thing that Joe Mauer did 19 years ago is still having an impact today. And when I asked Joe, I said, Joe, why did you do this? Why did you decide to ask this kid to come and sit down at your table? You're the big man on campus. And Joe's answer was pretty simple. It was because it was the right thing to do. To which then I say, well, that was his purpose. He was aligning his actions with his values. And because of that, it had a great impact. And then when you Absolutely. hear the stories of the impact that it had from some of these other people, it's, it's just amazing. They talk about it like it happened yesterday. Awesome. We're coming up against our next break. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Joe Schmidt. He's the author of the book, Silent Impact, Stories of Influence Through Purpose, Persistence, and Passion. We will be right back. Don't go away. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. 
If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Joe Schmidt. He's the author of the book, Silent Impact, Stories of Influence Through Purpose, Persistence, and Passion. And my latest book is available on Amazon. It's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2, based on some of my very best interviews from my show, Eight Years Running. Get it on Amazon. The Kindle version is still 99 cents. You can't even shake a stick at that. Just search up Brian K. Wright on Amazon, and you'll find it. It's got a purple cover on it. So, Joe, let me ask uh, about one of your favorite taglines that you like to say during your keynotes. If you want to be the best, you need to prepare to be the best. I mean, you really do have to earn what you get in life, don't you? Well, I think so. And, you know, I covered athletes for a long time, you know, so I've covered, you know, everybody from, you know, unfortunately, you know, Kobe Bryant, who, you know, unfortunately passed away. But I've, I've had one-on-one interviews with Muhammad Ali, Tiger Woods, uh, Jack Nicklaus, uh, on and on, you know, the, the U.S. women's soccer team that won the World Cup. And I've tried to figure out, you know, what sets all these athletes apart, what makes them the best of the best, what makes them the elite of the elite. Well, they all have the passion to be the best, and they all have amazing God-given ability. But what sets them apart is not only the passion to be the best, but the passion to prepare to be the best. They don't want to compete against somebody that they know they can beat. They want to compete against somebody they know will push them, somebody who will take their game to the next level. That's what makes them the best, that drive. So, so in today's world, in the business world, in your personal life, the better prepared you are, the better chance you have to have success. You know, it's not always the hardest worker who wins. Sometimes it's the smartest worker who just prepared for that occasion. They prepared for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when something happens, they're nimble enough to move. They're nimble enough to make decisions on their feet. And, and that's, how, that's how you succeed. Yeah, absolutely. Something else that I know you like to say a lot on stage is that you make your biggest impressions when you're not trying to be impressive. And you did tease that earlier in the show. Who do you think has been the best example of that for you? Uh, the, the, the best example of that for me, um, you know, outside my, my, my personal family, um, one, of, one of the guys who I have on my personal Mount Rushmore of influence is Bart Starr. 
the former yes. quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. He was also the coach of the Green Bay Packers. And early in my broadcasting career, I worked in Green Bay, and I covered Bart Starr when he was the coach of the Packers. And Bart was the kind of guy that, that talked the talk and walked the walk. I mean, he was a genuine, nice human being who always thought of others first. He could have had the biggest ego in the world, but Bart took time uh, for a lot of people. I, I tell the story a lot of times in my keynotes um, about uh, one time we used to fly with the team back in those days. Um, and we were at a game. We were at a game in New York. It was a Monday night football game, late December. And if the Packers lose the game, they're out of the playoffs. And Bart Starr's probably going to get fired. Well, the Packers lost the game. We landed in Green Bay, flying back from New York, about two in the morning, in the middle of a snowstorm. And uh, when everybody took off off the plane, all the players, all the coaches, all the media, there was a car on the side of the road uh, that was trying to change its tire in the middle of the snowstorm. Well, mm-hmm. nobody stopped except one guy. Bart Starr, and I found out about that later, and um, because the guy whose car was broken down was a guy I went to high school with. I graduated from high school with him, so I just thought you know, it's, it was. And there were hundreds and hundreds of stories like that about Bart. Um, my father passed away when I was covering the Green Bay Packers, and when I went back to work, you know, after a news conference, Bart called me into his office. And uh, he wanted to know how I was doing, but he just wanted me to talk about my dad. And then he told a couple of stories about his dad. I mean, that was just that the kind of guy he was. And I'm going to I'm going to bore you. I'm going to come back and tell you that story. So when I wrote Silent Impact, I, I had a speech at Lambeau Field. And when I was done with the speech, I went to see the ticket director because he was a friend of mine. And I said, Hey, do you have Bart's address? I want to I want to send him a book. I got a couple of stories about Bart in this book. So he gave me Bart's address, and I sent it to Bart. And I found out two days later that Bart had a heart attack and a, and a, a stroke. He was in very serious condition. Oh. I felt terrible. Well, about three weeks later, I get a beautiful letter from Bart's wife, Cherry. And it said, Dear Joe, as you probably heard by now, Bart's had some serious health issues. But thank you for sending the book. I want to let you know I read the two stories you read about Bart, the book to him. And you should have seen him light up. Thank you for helping him get through a tough day. And I was wow. like, like, wow. You know, that, that's how silent impact sometimes works. I wasn't trying to make an impact on a guy who had a big impact on my life, but just like a, a random act of kindness, a random act of just acknowledging people. And all of a sudden, I was able to pay him back in a, a very small but very powerful way. That's wonderful. So you've covered the Packers, you've covered the Vikings, you've spoken for corporations all around town and throughout the, the Midwest and even the country. What do you think are some of your best ideas for improving company culture based on things that you've observed? Well, the one thing I've figured out is uh, there are a lot of people out there today who feel overworked and underappreciated. Yes. And I tell companies, this is what employees want. They want three things from their company and from their leaders. A, they want to work for a successful company because nowadays with the Internet and Amazon and so forth, if your company is not a rock-solid standing, you're not going to be around. So they want to make sure that the company is going to be there for a while. They want to work for a company that they have a chance to grow in. As the company, grow, as the company grows, they get a chance to be promoted if they do the work and you know have an opportunity. And last but not least, they want to work for a company that not only cares about them, but cares about the community that they serve. And that's, I think, what the magic is, you know, to make sure the employees know you care about them. I've worked with a lot of companies where it was all about the bottom line. I said, you got to quit 
you got to quit talking about the bottom line. First of all, find out how they're doing, what their needs are. And I said, the bottom line will take care of itself if you let your employees know you care about them, if you give them opportunities to grow. And, mm. and I, I, I really believe that that improves company culture. It keeps people on their job. You don't lose your top performers to the competition. You know, yeah. so ultimately it affects the bottom line, and that's what all companies like to hear. Absolutely. Uh, success, of course, is a big topic on this show, but I'd love to ask what you believe the difference between success and significance is. Well, I look at it this way. I think if you want to have real success, you better have significance first. Yes. And, and that's a little bit what we talked about, you know, with, with a company. You know, people want to feel good about the company that they work for, and and it's got to be reciprocal. And you know, I think it, it's kind of whenever you see a company doing like a, a charity event or, you know, they they give the, the company a day off so they all go work on something. I mean, the camaraderie is never better at that time. And that's probably the most valuable day that that company can have because mm-hmm. they're, they're letting their employees, you know, know that they care about the community they serve on top of letting them have the time off to do it to build that. Those relationships become a little bit deeper because you get to know a little bit more about the person you're working next to. And whenever you can have that a deeper relationship, better connection, you're going to have a better culture. Absolutely. And, you know, feeling good about the company you work for is important, but helping people feel good about themselves is really a key component of leadership, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and that's why, you know, I always say, Nobody ever quit a job saying, you know, I'm going to quit this job because every time I turn around, they're patting me on the back. I can't take it anymore. (laughs) Nobody ever left the job. Now, people have left jobs because they didn't feel appreciated. So so find the medium somewhere in the middle. And and, and that's how you hold on to people. That's how you let people grow. and, And that's how you build that loyalty that you want. And on top of that, you also build trust because Mm -hmm. you're going to be communicating more. We asked we asked this question in our research. Um. We ask this question, if there were a going-away party tonight, who would the most people show up for? And we've done it mm. with companies and organizations, small, medium, and as large as Target Corporation itself. It has its headquarters in Minnesota. And, and we, we found out that, you know, those people, the people who, you know, that, that person does not always sit in the corner office. Sometimes it's the person who cleans the corner office. But in each case, that person had that purpose, persistence, and passion that we talk about. But we also ask the opposite question. If there were a going away party tonight, who would the least amount of people show up for? And when we peeled back the onion on that one a little bit, obviously that person was not a great team player. You know, they, yeah. they didn't like their job. They didn't smile. All the things that, you know, you, right. you want out of an ideal employee. But one of the reasons we peeled back finding out, well, why is that employee so frustrated? And it's basically because that job that they have might be too big for them. So you mm. as a leader either have to support them, get them some support so they can do their job. You have to find them maybe another position within the organization. Or in some cases, you simply have to say this is not a good fit and maybe we should, you should work somewhere else. But yeah. it is interesting that, that sometimes, uh, sometimes you've got to dig a little deeper. Absolutely. We've got three minutes until our last break. You have a training camp story from the Minnesota Vikings training camp that I'd love for you to share because I love this story a lot. It's great. Well, this was back, um, the Minnesota Vikings, we go down to their training camp every year in Mankato. They no longer have it down there, but Mankato is about 90 minutes south of the Twin Cities. 
And the open had a training camp on the very first year that Dennis Green was named the head coach of the Vikings. We had lined up Denny to be on our show Sunday night at 10.35. We had a half-hour show that ran every Sunday. So we left the football stadium down there at the University of Minnesota, Mankato. We had three cameras. We had the satellite truck. And at 10.35, the new head coach in Minnesota Vikings comes to sit on our set for the entire hour. Well, about five minutes school kid who was working that summer as a ball boy sees the lights on at the stadium. He's going to run up and down the stairs for a workout. And I said to my working with, I said, I know exactly what that kid did. He buddies and he said, hey, watch Channel 5 tonight because whenever there's a shot at Danny Green, you're going to see me in the background running up and down those stairs. And sure enough, for the entire half hour, that kid's running up and down those stairs. I thought, well, be little. Well, the next night, we're still down in Mankato, but tonight I'm doing my 10 o'clock sports report in front of the Vikings dormitory, which was right next to the field, which was right next to my, my hotel. So when I got done doing the 10 o'clock sports and helped the guys wrap up their tables, I started walking back towards the hotel and had to walk by the football field. Well, there were no lights on the football field. There were no head coaches. There were no TV cameras. And all of a sudden, I heard... I go and I look, and there's that high school kid working just as hard as he had the night before when the TV cameras were on him. I had it all wrong. I, 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 Brian, I think you know. It was Larry, Larry Fitzgerald, yes. One of the greatest wires in the football league. See, good enough isn't good enough if you want to be the best. If you want to be the best, you got to prepare to be the best, and that's what Larry Fitzgerald does. I mean, to this day, he's you know he's coming back for another year because he's kept his body in such good shape. He's always prepared, and yeah. that that certainly has set him apart. Absolutely, yeah. We in Arizona, we love Larry Fitzgerald. He's coming back for his 17th season, looking to break some more NFL records. And yeah, he's worked very, very hard in his career and he's a great guy. We're coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. We'll be right back with Joe Schmidt and we will come right down the stretch when we return from our break. And I'm going to ask him who his favorite sports person is that he's ever covered. And we're going to talk about his speaking career and how you can uh, hear him speak. We'll come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. 
Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Joe Schmidt. And we're talking about the book, Silent Impact, Stories of Influence Through Purpose, Persistence, and Passion. He also has another book, another book called The Impact Blueprint, A Step-by-Step Journey to a Life of Significance. And that was released last year. You can find that on Amazon, both of those books on Amazon. And Joe, I want to ask you, you've been covering sports for a very long time. Who is your favorite sports personality that you've ever covered? You know, that's a, actually a fairly easy answer for me. Uh, it's Kirby Puckett. I came Love to Minnesota him. about the same time that Kirby Puckett came, and he brought a joy to the ballpark. Uh, he was a dynamic personality, a big personality, a heck of a baseball player. And, uh, and he truly was one of those guys when he walked into the clubhouse, the whole place lit up. And uh, yeah. he was he was very good to people. He was, uh, he, he was just a gem of soul and and uh, he, he left us world too early, too. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. In fact, I remember moving to Arizona in 96 and listening to sports talk radio. And I believe it was about that time that Kirby Puckett had signed what was then at the time the richest Major League Baseball contract in history at $3 million a year. Right now, that's pretty pedestrian. <laughs> $3 million yeah. a year, you're a backup infielder. I know. Exactly. Exactly. So let me ask you, because you do cover teams, the importance of having a great team around you is so critical. What is your criteria for deciding who you want to work with? And that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, but the one thing I've learned about you know, covering great teams and leadership, it has to stem from the top. I mean, it really does. And it's not just the coach, it's the ownership. And that everybody is on the same page and the, that the communication is there, that the trust is there, that the game plan is there. And, and uh, anytime you see a dysfunctional organization, you don't have to look too far. Just start at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I've covered I've covered some teams that have been dysfunctional for a long time, and I've covered some successful teams, and it, it's just pretty obvious that um, if you don't have that leadership right from the very top, it's it's just not going to work. And the interesting thing I found, Brian, is that you know I've seen coaches who are successful who are the great guy. They get along. Yeah. They're they're a player's coach. They get along with the team. They joke. They have a really good time. And then I've seen the other coach who's tough, who's mean, who the players are afraid of. And it, it, it doesn't really matter. They both work. They both work. Yeah. But the only way they don't work is if there's a lack of communication. Yeah. And the communication has to be, this is your job. This is what expect, you're expected to do. If you do it, we're fine. If you don't do it, we have an issue. And, and right. that really is as simple as it gets. Absolutely. So let's talk about your speaking career. We're going to pivot a little bit. How did that get started for you? I mean, you mentioned that you're currently still at your TV station and you have been able to carve out time to develop a speaking career. When did you decide that that's something you wanted to do? It it, it kind of happened. Uh, I, I covered a guy in Minnesota for the University of Minnesota, and he played in the NBA for about seven years uh, by the name of Walter Bond. And Walter mm-hmm. Bond right now is one of the top speakers in the entire country. He's a, a national hall of famer. He, he's amazing. He just has great content is an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal performer on the stage. And Walter had a boot camp. I ran into Walter and Walter said, Walter saw me speak somewhere and said, Joe, you got to do this. You got the stories. You got the chops. You should do this. 
So Walter had a boot camp, and I went down to the boot camp, and that's where I came back with the 10 things I needed to do to to run a business and to be an entrepreneur and to be able to speak, be able to speak. And then after that, it really just became a momentum business. The more you speak, the more you speak. And mm-hmm. and you just continually hone and and sharpen the saw and try to make sure your content works. You, I'm now at the point where you know I customize every speech. Um, I, I really work with the meeting planner to figure, figure out what the goals are, what the problems are, what the issues are, so we can dig down a little bit deeper. I can pull stories in, pull exercises in, take them out depending on on what they what they have happened. I had a when I worked with when L. Teague in, in Texas, she said it's going to become part of your DNA, and I didn't understand what she meant, but. Now I can go on the stage and I can pivot on a dime because it's part of my DNA. And yeah. um, so it's, it's, it's been fun. Absolutely. What advice do you have for people who want to start speaking on stages? Well, you know, I would say speak, <laughs> number one. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, if you, if you are honing your if – you, if you're not there yet, some people speak at work and, and they give a lot of presentations and maybe they're a trainer and they have a little advantage because they've been on the stage – if not, I would go to Toastmasters. It's a great mm. opportunity to work with other speakers who are emerging. You get an opportunity to speak. You get an opportunity to hone your topic, to figure out what your niche is going to be. And, um, and, and that's, what, that's what I would suggest. And then when you get to the point where you're comfortable, you can do it. And I would join the National Speakers Association. And, and I'm fortunate in Minnesota, we have a very good local state association, too. So... As a part of being a National Speakers Association, I'm in the Minnesota um, Minnesota chapter of the National Speakers Association. So I learn from the best, and uh, I've got a lot of great friends in the business, and uh, you know everybody's willing to help out, which is kind of a strange business. You might be competing against somebody, but I have a lot of speaker friends who, the minute I get done with a speech, I'll recommend them because I know that next year they're probably not going to have me back to do their keynote. So why don't they right. give it to my buddy Ross or my buddy Sam or my buddy Mary? You know, just that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favorite story from the road? Favorite story from the road? Um, <laughs> most most of my stories are from the road are like trying to catch a plane, trying to – you know what? I'll, one I do remember, I was speaking in Wichita, Kansas. And remember, I'm still on the air in, in sportscaster, so there are times I'll I'll take a day off or I'll have a day off. And in this case, I flew to Wichita. I had a speech in the morning. I had a speech at night. And then in the morning, I was speaking at at Wichita State University. And as I'm speaking, I always have my phone with me to be my timer. Because if I'm speaking for an hour, I'm going to get off in an hour. And my phone is just blowing up. And I'm going, what in the world is going on? Well, I tried to keep that distraction away. I finished my speech. And I found out that Jerry Kill, who was the head coach of the Minnesota Gophers, I was was resigning that day in the news conference oh. at one o'clock. I got done doing my speech. I rushed out to the airport, made an airplane by two minutes, and got back in town in time for the news conference. And nobody knew I was at Wichita in the morning. So, wow, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, that, that is was crazy. crazy, but it was kind of fun. Absolutely. So, if someone wants to reach out to you to hire you to speak, where can they find you to do that? Probably the best place to start is my website, uh, joeschmidt.com. And Schmidt is spelled S-C-H-M-I-T. I've got uh, I've got information on what I speak on. I, I do half-day seminars. I've got a year-long program. I do videos. Um, it, the, the speaking thing has just continued to grow and evolve just because people want more. And um, and you can get an idea of what I do there. And then if you're interested, 
send me an email, give me a call. I'll be happy to talk to you and see if we can design a program that makes sense. Awesome. So what is your superpower? What do you do better than anyone else? Um, you know, we were talking off the air. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned John Wooden, you know, the, yeah. the late great basketball coach at UCLA. And he's got a quote that I love that I use once in a while. And he says, it's what you'll learn after you know it all. That really mm. counts. And I think that I think that that's probably what I try to do. I try to continually learn, continually get better. And uh, you know, I, I mentioned I wasn't much of an athlete, but I was competitive. I always wanted to compete, and that part of me comes out even in the business. You know, I always want to be better. How can I improve? You know, how can I? You know, let's face it. Uh, when a company's looking at bringing in a speaker and paying them a lot of money, they're gonna look at three, four speakers. How am I gonna stand out against that competition? So, so that part of it. Is a continual learning and continual growth. I, I would right. hope that that's that's become one of my secrets. Absolutely. So I know that since you like to write, you probably also like to read. So what would you say are some of the most influential books you've ever read, or some of the most influential mentors you've ever worked with? Well, I've worked with a lot of. I've worked with a lot of them. Um, I always I always like the the book how to how to win friends and influence people. Yeah, uh, that that that's I read that I read that one once a year. Um, I'm continuously reading. I, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of speakers in the business who write books, and I always get their books. And I always like to to read those. I, I just mentioned, and I just really enjoyed uh, Tom Wenninger's book on your true DNA, and I just I just love that book because it it really cuts to the core of you know nowadays you got so many people with mental mental uh, illness and, and depression, all these things out there, people just want to feel happy. So how can we make yeah. them feel happier? How can you find your passion? And that's what that book is all about. So Absolutely. What has surprised you about your journey? I'm sorry, uh, one more time. What, is, what has surprised you about your journey? I, uh, I guess what surprised me is that I ended up writing a second book. <laughs> <laughs> but I wrote, I wrote my second book based on all of what I've learned uh, since my first book. So, you know, along the line, along this journey, going out and talking to people and hearing their stories, well, I learned a lot working with these different organizations. And I ended up putting it in my second book, The Impact Blueprint. And in that book, I, I lay 52 values of people who make an impact. So you can read it once a week and concentrate on traits like loyalty or trust or communication or yeah. diversity, you know, uh, those kinds, those kinds of things that I learned along the way. And I've got stories from people you know, people will share their stories with you. As you well know, that's how you've written a couple of your books. Absolutely. We've got less than three minutes until the end. You've interviewed a lot of people and worked with a lot of people who is on your dream list of people that you still have not worked with yet. <sighs> a good question. Um, I, I've interviewed Tiger Woods. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big golf. I'm a big golf guy. I'm trying to think who, would be on my on my hit list to interview. That's that's I've never thought of that before, because I've kind of been fortunate enough to kind of be at a, a lot of these major events that we interview or get to know people. Um, yeah. I, I guess you know what I, I I don't I don't have an answer right now. I wish. Okay. I I, Tiger Woods would be on my bucket list. I think Phil Mickelson would be a tremendous interview too. He he is not afraid to say what he thinks. I love it. I have interviewed Phil, so so we've got a we've got a pro event up in Minnesota, so so I got the I got the interview Phil, so I, I'll have to think of one. If one pops up before the show's over, I'll mention it too. Awesome. We got two minutes until the end. Who inspires and motivates you? 
Well, I would say my family. Um, mm. You know, my um, my wife. Uh, my wife was an attorney, and, and she she quit being an attorney to uh, go after her passion. And she's uh, now directing plays, and she was a theater camp out of our house. And she's now got my daughters involved in that. And it was, uh, you know, and she's always making an impact on people. And it has nothing to do with money. It just has to do with, you know, helping kids get self-confidence and turn, turning them on to the magic of theater. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what she does. So I, I, get, I get influence. I get a lot of influence. You know, my kids, uh, I have three kids, and they're, they're all, like, great. You know, I, I like them, and I think they even like me. And uh, well, each one of them brings good. a little bit something different to the table and go from there. Awesome. We've got a minute until the end. One more time. How can we find you? How can we try with you and vibe with you? Yes, just check me out at joeschmidt.com, S-C-H-M-I-T. Uh, my books are available on my website or Amazon or Kindle, um, Barnes & Noble. I think it's pretty much pretty much everywhere. Um, and, and I just think that, you know, the other thing is if you've got a story of impact that you'd like to share, you know, pop me an email. Uh, my email address is on my website, joe at joeschmidt.com. And, uh, you know, I love to do the research on those stories. And the next thing you know, I'm writing about it or I'm talking about it. So awesome. That, that's just well, kind of the way it works out. Awesome. Thank you, Joe, for being here. It was fantastic having you on the show. Uh, Brian, uh, my pleasure. Thank you. And congratulations on well over 300 shows. Uh, a lot of people don't last this long in the business. You're doing something right. Thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they went through to succeed, what they overcame, and what we can learn from those journeys. We will come back next week. Join us Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Have a great week, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.